Hello, and welcome to Capital Compass. We are the official podcast of the New York State Catholic Conference. I'm your host, Jillian. Today, in episode 32, I'll be talking with Father Tom Colucci about his journey as a 9-11 firefighter to becoming a priest. Joining us on the podcast today is Father Tom Colucci. His story might be familiar to some of our listeners. Before becoming a priest, Father Colucci served 20 years in the New York Fire Department. He was one of the first responders at the World Trade Center on September 11th. In 2009, Father Colucci made his final vows with the Benedictines, and in 2016, he was ordained a priest in the Archdiocese of New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Very glad to be here. Thank you. Kind of to start off, one of my favorite things is to discuss with priests their uh, different vocation stories. In reading articles about you, it seems like you always, you know, had the calling to the priesthood. But what made you decide to become a firefighter first? You know, uh, did you always want to be a firefighter? Uh, yes, my vocation story started pretty early on. I was raised very devout Catholic, Catholic schools, and uh I got involved in campus ministry in college, and it was always in the back of my mind becoming a priest. And, uh, you know, but I, I, I was thinking of becoming a priest out of college, but I just put it off then. And then I, uh, I was teaching for a while, and then I entered the New York City Fire Department in, uh, in 1985. And, I, you know, I was, always, I was always very religious, going to daily mass. It was always in the back of my mind. And uh, I just uh, took the fire department test. I, you know, I heard... Some of my friends were firefighters, and they thought it was a great job, so I figured I'd take the test. And, you know, but it was always, I was always very religious, even on the fire department. But I had a fairly normal life, you know, like dated, had my own place and everything. And, uh, you know, but I was always, uh, you know, it was always in the back of my mind about being a priest. And then when I finally retired, then I, I decided uh, to pursue it there. So it was always, uh, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. And, and fortunately, I always had good uh priestly examples along the way. Uh, you know, a lot of good priests and men along the way were very, very good, encouraged me in the vocation, my home pastor, and, and I had the Dominican sisters for 12 years. They were all very, very good. And so I always had good role models, good examples of, uh, of religious life. So it was always in the back of my mind. But then when I retired, then I uh, decided to really pursue. But then when I retired, I entered a Benedictine monastery first for seven years. I was there. I made my solemn profession uh, in 2009, and then I, and then I, in 2012, I switched to the Archdiocese of New York and uh, entered the seminary there, uh, Dunwoody or St. Joseph Seminary it's in Yonkers, and I got ordained in May of 2016. So the, you know, the vocation life was always there, the thought of the priesthood, and I uh, always brought up religious and practiced the faith, but it was always in the back of my mind. It wasn't until I really retired and I decided to, to really pursue it. In uh, my introduction for you, you know, I stated that you were one of the first responders at the World Trade Center on uh, September 11th. The lives of saints teach us that God doesn't act in a straight line. You know, the things that happen in our lives help guide us to where God wants us to be. With an event such as this, it really changes your faith. How did you, uh, how did you see God guiding your life and faith with the tragedies that ensued on 9-11? Yes, well, that's, uh, you know, that was a very horrific day. I was down there on that day when I was on the scene when the second tower came down, and you saw the worst of humanity that day, but you also saw the best in humanity. 
all the responders that uh, responded to the scene to help out. You saw really the best in people there, and and afterwards all the people coming to the firehouses. You saw the you know the best there. So then everybody said, you know, where was Christ that day? Couldn't he send a legion of angels to stop the planes or whatever? And but I saw the body of Christ was in the people that responded to the scene that day. That and afterwards the the comfort and the support they gave. Uh, to the New York City Fire Department, and all the people that that died that day. So I can, there you saw the body of Christ there. So it made you know made me, made my faith even stronger, you know. And uh, then even there too, then we were digging on the pile through the rubble, and then the, the Franciscan priest, Father Mike Judd, was our chaplain, and he was the first listed to die. A bunch of his priests from his church were on the pile helping, you know, encouraging the guys, uh, digging, and then they set up like. Uh, counseling centers afterwards as the guys were coming off. So, so you got great example from the priest uh, that, that responded to the scene that day, helping, uh, encouraging them. So I, I saw, you know, the best humanity, the worst humanity. And it just, I think it furthered my uh, faith in God. You know, there was, you know, and then all these guys, I knew uh, 343 guys died that day. I knew about 100 of them, and there were five from my firehouse I knew. And it just showed me, you know, just having cup, uh, coffee and bagels with them in the firehouse. And then half hour later, they're dead. You know, where'd they go? You know, so there had to be, has to be something after this, you know, this great uh, uh, sacrifice they made. You know, there has to be another life after this, you know, and all the great sacrifices that were made uh, that day. Just confirm, you know, you, you can look at it both. You know, some people get more bitter or whatever, but I just looked at it to confirm my faith that there has to be something after this. That's another great reward uh for all those who sacrificed and died that day, and uh, and then I saw the best in humanity that day, and probably my most surreal moment was uh, it was about midnight on 9/11. I was on, we were, I was working on the North Tower. We were aiming at the stairwells. We figured that's where we'd find any survivors. They were trying to get down the stairwells, so we were digging through the stairwells. And I got near the top of the pile around midnight on 9/11, and I looked up the West Side Highway, and I just saw ambulances as far as the eye could see, and then, and then just saw the people around the perimeter coming down to uh, encourage everybody. So you saw, you know, really the best humanity. You know, the firefighters got, a, you know, a lot of got a lot of press. You know, yes, we lost the most rescuers, but but there were a lot of police, EM, EMT workers, nurses, doctors, a lot of volunteers, a lot of people came down. So it, it, it you know, encompassed, you know, all, you know, all humanity, the whole body of Christ was there. And, and that iconic picture where we found our chaplain, Father Mike Judd, uh, they were uh, had him on a chair. You might have seen that picture. And there, there were four uh, guys carrying him, one uh, one each leg of the chair. And it represented uh, everybody that day. One was a firefighter, one was a police officer, an EMT worker, and a civilian. And they they carried uh, Father Mike's body to the nearest Catholic church, which was St. Peter's on Barclay Street. It was about two blocks north of the towers, and they they, they carried him to that church and they they laid his uh uh his body on an on the altar there you know to, you know a, a total sacrifice so so that picture there with those four men carrying father mike on that chair that's represented at everybody there that day you know and so everybody uh that was the whole body of christ a lot of people chipped and helped out that day everybody was there you know, yes the firefighters got a lot of press and play for it yes we lost the most rescuers but uh there were a lot of other people down there helping and contributing you know, to, to the rescue efforts. 
you know, you, you mentioned Father Mike Judge, and he was designated as the uh, first victim. You know, he he was praying over the bodies, you know, lying on the street. Like, how can that help us to really strengthen our faith? And, you know, he, he made this sacrifice all for, you know, to help others in these moments. Yeah, that was uh, an extreme, yeah, very uh, selfless sacrifice. You know, he put himself in danger. Uh, yeah, the report was he was in the North Tower. That was hit first. Uh, and then he was in the lobby. You might have saw those pictures of him uh, walking around the lobby. They think he was praying the rosary there. And then there were the, some firefighters were trying to enter the building. And uh, one report was uh, a guy got uh, hit, uh, killed by a jumper, landed on a guy. And then Father Mike went out to give last rites to him. Uh, and at that time, the South Tower came down. And then the debris shot across and killed everybody that was outside. But so he just, you know, laid his uh, life, you know, in total, uh, you know, in imita- imitation of Christ. You know, he just, you know, put his safety, you know, uh, on hold. He just went out, did what he had to do. He was a priest all the way to the end. You know, put himself in danger. He's outside the building there. You know, he, with all debris flying around and everything, he went out there to, to minister people and. Uh, so he was a priest all the way to the end, and um, you know, and the sacrificial love which Christ did for us too. Christ laid down His life for us. Father Mike laid down His life, put Himself in danger. He, he did the he, he was a priest all the way to the end, no matter what the cost of it was, even the cost of His life, you know, it, it happened. Now, obviously, nine eleven, the horrific events was a defining moment to, in a lot of people's lives, and especially yours as. You worked for the fire department for 20 years. But, you know, were there other defining moments that helped lead to your decision to becoming a priest? Uh, well, you know, I guess you know, I, had an, I had another tragedy. Uh, I had to retire. It was in August of 2003. I was involved in an explosion in lower Manhattan. Uh, I was in, it was in a basement. There was a, a gas leak in an explosion, and I hit my head, uh, and then I— I was knocked out. I developed a blood clot on the brain, and I had two brain surgeries. I was even given last rites. I, I tell everybody it worked. You know, here I am. You know, but uh, but that was another uh, moment there that you know I, I just uh, you know when I was you know it was just about before I had brain surgery, this priest came in, anointed me, giving me last rites, or anointing of the sick, as it, you know now it's called. You know, but uh, that was another, you know, how close I was to death there. And then, then I survived the brain surgery, so the Lord gave me another lease on life, you know, and I recovered from it and then eventually retired. And then I, you know, really at that point, I decided to, you know, really dedicate my life to God. You know, he uh, preserved me from this uh, uh, this tragedy, uh, the 9-11, and then also, you know, the, the brain surgery and the explosion uh, so uh, yes, I had, so that was another uh, key moment there that so really kind of sealed it there for me also. That, and at that point, I was really thinking about being a priest anyway. I was meeting with the vocation director for the Archdiocese in New York, and, and uh, you know, I told him you know, I, was, I had a couple years to retirement, and then when this explosion happened, so I was meeting with him, and we were kind of lining it up uh, anyway, but this really kind of really sealed it, the, you know, the 9-11, then two years later, the explosion, you know, and the brain, uh, the brain surgery. Uh, so I kind of really decided at that point, you know, I, I preserved from a couple of tragedies. So I think the Lord was saving me for another mission. 
Alps, and then I, they entered the seminary. Uh, I first, I went, entered the, uh, you know, the monastery, then in, then into the seminary. So, uh, so those were kind of uh, the, uh, those are two big uh, iconic moments. But just also along the way, I met a lot of good priests, you know, that were were very good examples. And also too, I just along the way, I met a lot of people say, you know, Tom, you'd be a good priest. You know, you'd be a good priest. You know. And, you ever think, you know, so you hear that, those kind of things, you know, and I was very, always very involved with the church, and, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, these things kind of all kind of let, it was kind of a collective decision, it wasn't just, you know, maybe one thing that happened, and, you know, uh, it was just more, more of a collection of things, you know, people along the way, practicing the faith, meeting good people, being involved in the church, and then 9-11, you know, seeing the best and the worst of humanity, and then, uh, and having the explosions, surviving the explosion, and I just you know, thought this is uh, where, I, where I should be headed here. So, so I, you know, made the, and then everything worked out fine. You know, I went to the seminary. I, gosh, you know, I, I entered at like 53. You know, I was older than all, all of my professors. You know, and uh, classmates were half my age. You know, but I got through it. Did very well. Then I graduated um, with three master's degrees, a magnum cum laude. You know, I did you know wonderful. So it all. You know, divine grace enabled it all to happen. So, uh, you know, so I was, you know, it's kind of all led along the way that helped. Yes. We get these ebbs and flows in life and all these twists and turns. Like, what was it like to start a new career later in life? Yeah, it was, it was, at first it was a little bit shocking because, you know, I mean, I was out of college, like, I'm about 28 years or whatever. And, uh, now everything's on the computer, you know. When I went to college, uh, you know, 28, you know, in the 70s, you know, we wrote notes in the notebook, you know, by hand. You know, everything's on the laptop and taking notes and emailing and papers. And so it was a, it was a little rough getting back in, you know, to it. And then, you know, and then, you know, when I was, you know, with the civil service, I took promotional exams for lieutenant and captain. Those were multiple choice tests, you know. Now, when you're in the seminary, you're writing 15-page papers, you know, five, five of them each semester. Then to get ordained, I had to write a 70-page thesis paper, you know. So it was a, you know, writing papers, and so getting back into the swing, it, it was, you know, a little bit rough at first, you know, being out. And it took me a while to get the brain working, but I just kept hanging in there, and I just attribute a lot of it to divine grace, you know. You know, the Lord, uh, you know, he, he doesn't uh, call the uh, worthy. He makes worthy those he calls, and... Uh, he'll, you know, complete the good work he's begun in you and give you the grace to, to complete it. And that applies for any, any task in life, whatever, any profession. So I went back and I just prayed and I knew he was with me and things just came around. And I had to work maybe a little bit harder than some of the younger guys, you know, but, I, you know, but I, you know, I just worked, persevered. I knew this is what the Lord wanted. Uh, and I, he gave me the grace to complete it and see it through. And I, you know, I, you know, worked hard and I did well in my classes and my papers and, field work and assignments and you know it led to me getting ordained so it was definitely his will and he gave me the grace to see it through so but you know it took a lot of work you know especially at first it was it was rough doing papers and everything getting back into reading a lot and you know but uh you know i you know persevered and you know you know took it a day at a time and week at a time and a paper at a time a test at a time and you know i did, did all right you know the first year was maybe a little bit rough and because you know when in the seminary you start off with philosophy you have to take that for a couple of years and latin and greek and some of these so they were a little bit rough at first you know but i persevered and then then you get more into uh you know the, the theology in the seminary and uh 
at the major seminary there, so I, you know those came along a little bit easy. But it, it was, you know, it was all right. Just I know, you know this is what God wanted. He called me, so He'll be giving me the grace to see it through, and, and that's what He did. Now you mentioned this earlier, and I'm really curious. You know, before becoming a priest, you entered the monastery to become a Benedictine monk. Like, what led you down to that path before joining the archdiocese? Uh, yes, well, that was, you know, that what happened there. I was going to retire in 05 and enter the seminary then, uh, but then I got hurt my last year in the fire with the explosion. So uh, I got hurt, and, uh, you know, my right hand was off, my right leg was off. Uh, so I just really didn't, uh, you know, feel like studying, you know, seven years in a seminary. You know, I just tell everybody the idea of studying made my head hurt more, you know, you know, because I just, you know, I had, you know, my, even my surgeon said, you just had brain surgery, should uh, take it easy. So I was going to this monastery in upstate New York to discern the call to the priesthood. I was uh, going there for a couple of years, you know, like 02, 03, 04, around there. Uh, and uh, and I met, met, met with the abbot there and I told him I'm, Tom the fireman, I'm going to retire and enter the seminary when I re, uh, you know, retire in 05, in uh, you know, 2005. And so he was giving me books to read. He was encouraging me. But then I got hurt, and, uh, and I was really, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, really shook up. So so then I had to retire. The fire department gave me the disability uh, retirement. And then I said, now what do I do? So then I, I talked to the abbot, and I, I said, you know, the idea of going to a seminary, studying for years, that was just seemed a little bit too much at that point. So I asked him, can I just become and be a monk, you know? And he said, sure. So I got up there. I was like 48. I was the only guy under like 70, you know? <laughs> you know. And he goes, good, you were a fireman. Good, you know how to cook. Get in the kitchen, start cooking. So, so I was the youngest guy. So I was up there. So I was just being a monk for seven years, and I enjoyed it, you know, like, you know, I was a cook. I mowed the lawns, and I enjoyed the contemplative life. And I eventually, you know, gradually recovered from the brain surgery there. And then I was entered there in '05, and then I made my solemn profession in '09. So it was four years later after, after I entered and after the, the brain surgery. And so then the community asked me that because we were down to only two priests. You know, we had uh, one guy just recently died, and both priests were in their 80s. And then. So then the abbot said, you want to study to be a priest for us? I said, oh, okay, sure. So, I, I, so in the fall of 2009, I entered St. Vincent's Seminary. It was in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. It's a Benedictine seminary. So I lived in their monastery for three years, and that's where I took my first three years of seminary study. And the first two years of, you know, were, were basically philosophy, Latin, and, and Greek, and some theology. But then in Fall of 2012, I decided to switch to the diocese, uh, the Archdiocese in New York, and and then they're at Dunwoody or, or in Yonkers. So I, I entered there in 2012. So, uh, yeah, so I started my seminary studies there. But but that was the big that was my initial plan when I retired in 05. I was going to enter the seminary for Yonk uh, for New York, but I got hurt. So I, you know I was kind of shook up. So I just became a so I entered the monastery basically to recover and. And it, I always say it prepared me for the uh, priesthood, you know, getting the monastic life. We we prayed seven times a day, very simple life. We did a lot of spiritual reading. Uh, every three hours we had to pray, we'd get the community to pray, plus we had mass. And so it prepared me spiritually for and then to the priesthood, you know. Uh, so uh, they kind of, you know, kind of blending the two spiritualities. And I still do that today. I still remain very faithful to doing the full divine office. Those are seven times a day, 
a monk's prayer. I still try to do it as a priest, and so it prepared me spiritually for it, uh, the priesthood and how to use my time to do a lot of spiritual reading and uh, contemplation and contemplative prayer. So it prepared me for it, and then, and then I made the song profession and into the Benedictine seminary, but then I decided I wanted to be an active priest, you know, work with the people in a parish, you know, that's where the people are, you know, uh, you know, here we, you know, I have a wonderful parish here, uh, you know, we, we have 700 families, a school, and so there's a lot of, you know, good things I do here too, uh, so it's, I kind of blend in the active and contemplative life, you know, that, that's what I think what it prepared me for. How have your experiences as a firefighter, and you kind of just answered it with, and being a monk, have helped you uh, as a priest? Um, you know, you know it's, it, they're, they're, they're kind of, a lot of people say they're kind of almost two the same professions. You know, as firefighters, you save soul, uh, bodies. Now I'm saving souls. They're kind of, you know, almost along the same, you know, same uh, the idea there. You know, sacrificing, helping others. You put others first, you know. As a firefighter, that's what a firefighter does. You know, any we go on fire, you know, my Bronx Firehouse, we had like five, 6,000 calls a year. You know, we're out all the time, ambulance calls, everything. So, we, uh, you know, you're always put, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be another 9-11. I know a lot of guys that died in my 20 years career, just not 9-11, but other times. And a lot of guys get, got seriously hurt, you know. So uh, even uh, I might, I even have I, I got my, hurt my back. My, I had two herniated discs. I got burned several times. So you know, a firefighter, you put yourself out for others. You don't know what's is going to be required of you, you know. And you know, like 9/11 was a nice sunny day, and and then whatever, 343 guys, uh, firefighters got killed, and along with 3,000 civilians. So this firefighter, you, you put your life on the line. You don't know what's going to be required of you. And then as a priest, uh, same thing too. You know, you you put yourself out for others. Others are first. You know, you think of others first. And like last night was a perfect example. I went and anointed someone around 10 o'clock at night. You know, I get calls like that. I take those out as fire calls. I get calls and just go and anoint somebody. Boom, boom. I, I had to go right out and do it. You know, so both professions. You know, yeah, it's sacrificing, thinking of the others first. You know, that's which was which Christ asked us to do. So I did it as a firefighter, responding on calls, uh, all kinds of calls. And they, they weren't all just fires. They some you know ambulance calls, car accidents, all kinds of things. Uh, any kind of assistance, helping people ca- carry them down for an ambulance. Uh, and then as a priest, you know, you don't know what's going to happen each day. The phone rings, uh, you, know, have, you know, daily masses and confessions, and but uh, there's other things, uh, you know, can pop up where you, you know you're going to be needed. A lot of this anointing, visiting people at homes and hospitals, and so both are, both professions are at service, service of the others, thinking of the other first, as Christ would want us to do. So they're both kind of linked, I would think. Yes. Because you did this career switch or uh, change later in life, what would you, what kind of advice would you give somebody discerning their religious life? Do, you know, do you have any words of wisdom for them? Uh, yeah, I would say yes. It's uh, it definitely you're getting some more older vocations coming in. I, I was like the oldest naturally, but there were a few other guys in their uh, mid thirties, late thirties. Uh, that had other careers, you know. I, I know there, I had two classmates that were lawyers. One was a teacher, 
So you just, uh, I would encourage, uh, you don't have to be you know, 22 right out of college and to the seminary. You know, it, uh, you, know, you know, that's most of the guys are fair, are younger, yes. You know, but we're getting more older vocations now. So that, you know, the, you'll, you know, if the Lord wants you, he'll get you. You just, if you feel the call, you know, you know, and, you know, pursue it. There's things you can do, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you feel like a call to the priesthood, you can talk to a priest, you can go on retreats, uh, you know, you attend daily mass, get involved with your church a little bit more, your parish, do things. So, uh, you know, and, and so that's what I, you know, you don't, you know, if you feel a little bit old, you know, even if you're older, don't think, uh, you know, I'm too old. You're never too old, uh, you know. So, I mean, I got ordained. I was 60 when I got ordained. You know, I entered at 53. So it's, you're never too old, uh, you know. So, uh, just, I would encourage a guy, you know, to pray about it, talk to a priest about it. Uh, then they have these uh, uh, retreat weekends. Uh, they call them come and see, a vocation uh, uh, weekend. Uh, you know, you can visit the seminary. But I encourage you to get involved in the parish life. You know, that's where you, you know you're going to be meeting with the people and try to get involved, do things there. And then, then also sometimes too, you just have to, you know, make make the decision and go with it. You know, I know, you know, I had a few classmates that left. You know, the left you know, after a year or two, and it wasn't for them. So it doesn't hurt to try. There's no shame in trying it. You know, uh, trying it out. So, uh, you know, the, these are the things you, you know you can do. But if you feel the call, you know, don't feel like you're too old or whatever. Or, you know, whatever. It's uh, not too smart or whatever. And uh, you know, even that. Uh, you know, I. I mean, my my story was I, I dropped out of college after two years. You know, I had like a 1.8 cube in physical education. You know, I wasn't doing too well, and then I went back. I involved in my faith, and you know, 40 years later, I get ordained. Uh, you know, with three masters degrees. You know, so it just shows you what you know God can do and His grace can do. So, I, but I would encourage anybody to you know if they're thinking about it, uh, just you know talk to a priest, get involved in your parish, go on a retreat. And sometimes it just may not hurt just to give it a try, you know, and uh, there's no shame in trying and failing, you know, uh, you know, trying and decide discerning out, you know, as I know a lot of guys, a few that have left after you know, a year or two, it just wasn't them. So I, that's what I, I would encourage. Yes. So this episode will be airing right before the anniversary of 9-11, uh, would you mind closing us out in a prayer dedicated the, to those who were affected um, and are still affected by the events of 9-11? Sure thing. Okay. Okay, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, we ask that you look down with comfort and peace on all those that suffered on 9-11, all those who have passed away that have entered your heavenly kingdom, all those that are still suffering the pain of the loss of a loved one that you may give them comfort and know that you are with them and that they will rejoice someday in the heavenly kingdom and see their loved ones again. We ask this almighty God in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to take this interview. Okay, sure thing, Jillian, and uh, thank you, and God bless you for all that you do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Capital Compass podcast, and thank you so much to Father Tom Colucci for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to catch all the latest from the conference, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NYS Catholic Conf and on Facebook at NYS Catholic Conference.
Thanks again, and God bless.